Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, it's good to see you today. It's good to see our online church. I was just scrolling through a minute ago. See those of you that are joined with us today. Thank you. We miss you. We hope you can get back into church soon. Uh, we're doing everything we can to pray for uh, everyone and everything. You know, before service, we uh, fumigate this place or spray it in the between services and after services. And we do everything we can to keep you safe. And uh, we believe that God will help us as we face challenges in our life, right? And uh, so if you're a guest today, a first time to be with us, we're so thankful you're here. And uh, we just, we're so honored and blessed that you would choose to be with us today. And those of you that are uh, regular uh, attenders and part of the Father's house, we're so glad that you're here. It's so wonderful to see you. And in case I haven't told you, I love you. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good today. You look good. You look good. Look at the other neighbor and say, you also, you also, so. Hey, if you got your Bible today, let's hold it up, our iPhone or iPad, whatever you use, your eyeballs, and let's make our confession today. We say this, this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your presence. Man, we just, we just sense you here today. How, uh, how, how blessed we are, Lord, that you would allow us to come together as a body of believers. And so we thank you today for your healing, for your protection. And Lord, I pray as we look at this word today that you would anoint me. Lord, help my words to be what you want them today. Don't let me say anything that you don't want said today. God, let that anointing flow through, and I'm just dependent upon you today, Lord. Otherwise, it's just words, and we've had enough words. We need your spirit, we need your life, and we thank you today for the lives that you're gonna touch, those you're gonna heal, and those you're gonna strengthen in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In 1977, Charles Struess and a man named Martin Sharnan wrote the lyrics to a well-known tune, and please forgive me in advance because this song will now be in your mind for the rest of the day. And it goes something like this. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. Again, let's sing it again. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. Now, Strauss was an accomplished uh, composer. He actually wrote songs for the Beatles. So when they were going to put the play on in New York, they asked that play Annie. They said, we need a song that would be a theme song uh, for Annie. And of course, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. The transition right in, you'll never be fully dressed without a smile. What they said to him is that we want a song for Annie that will be full of optimism that transcends all of her circumstances. Remember, she's abandoned by her parents, so she's basically an orphan. She's in a terrible orphanage, and uh, the woman in charge is taking a bathtub of booze, uh, taking a, a bathtub with lots of, uh, taking a bath with lots of booze in the bathtub. Let me get all those bees right. 
whether that's uh, uh, Carol Burnett or uh, Cameron Diaz, depending on which generation that you talk about. And so uh, it was a song to say that you can transcend what you're going through. Now, I know you're wondering, what in the world does the song of Annie about tomorrow have anything to do with the series on the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked, because it really reminds me, if you open your Bibles to John chapter 14, 15, and 16, John chapter 14, 15, and 16 are the last 12 to 15 hours of Jesus' life before he goes to the cross. And so in those last 12 to 15 hours, I hope you go home this afternoon and read John chapter 14, 15, and 16, because it's the last 12 to 14 hours of Jesus' life. And the guys are sad because he says to them, I'm on my way to the cross, I'm going to go away. But then he gives them a song. And it's not like tomorrow, tomorrow, you're going to wear a smile, but don't worry about tomorrow, because I'm going to send you a Holy Spirit and he's going to bring power into your life. So he's simply saying, no matter what you face, no matter what comes against you, you're never going to be alone. And so 14, 15, and 16, he talks about that. In chapter 14, he's in the upper room after they've had the Last Supper. In verse 31, he says, now let's arise and go. And he goes out to the Mount of Olives with his disciples. When he enters the garden in chapter 15, he talks about different things there, the vine and all of that. And then in 16, he talks about, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray, and the Holy Spirit's going to come into your life. So let's look at some of those scriptures in those last 12 to 15 hours of Jesus' life. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 18. And Jesus says, I will pray, or I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Underline that word helper. We're going to look at that. He's talking there about the Holy Spirit that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is going to abide with you forever. And he will not leave you as a what? As an orphan. He'll not leave you as an orphan. It doesn't matter who denies you, who walks away from you. He says the Holy Spirit will not allow you to be an orphan. You're never going to have that feeling, well, I'm alone. John 16 and 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Holy Spirit will not come to you. For if I depart, I will send him to you. And then John 16, 12 through 13. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will what? He will speak. So if people wonder, does the Holy Spirit speak? Jesus says the Holy Spirit speaks. He will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. And then Acts chapter 1, Jesus is giving the final directions to his disciples after he's been resurrected, and he said, I'm getting ready to send this gift, this Holy Spirit, this power for your life. Just before he ascended to heaven, Jesus left instructions through the Holy Spirit for the apostles he had chosen. After the sufferings of the cross, Jesus appeared alive many times. After the sufferings of the cross, he appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period, proving to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truths of God's kingdom. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here 
until you read it with me, receive the gift that I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus says in verse 8, but you will receive what? Power. And so this series is, I've got the power. And you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We said that word power last week is the word dunamis. And here's what it means. It means strength, capacity, ability, potency, force, capability. He's not just talking about a power, but he's talking about a person. So when he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, look, here's what he's saying. But you're going to receive strength. So if you don't have strength, he said you're going to receive strength when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to receive the capacity to do what I want you to do. You're going to receive the ability to do what I want you. You're going to receive the force, the capability that you're not alone. So as we're looking at this teaching today, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures. I hope that's all right. Because what I've asked you to do is to give me a blank sheet of paper for this month. Not what, not what you learned from Sunday school class or denomination or Uncle Billy Bob, somebody on the internet, but I'm just asking you, give me a blank sheet of paper on what you think, believe, and know about the Holy Spirit, and let us look into the Scripture. Not my opinion, but into the Scripture. What does the Scripture say? What did Jesus say about this? When he talks to his disciples, I'm getting ready to leave you. What was his instructions? How did he say to them, it's advantageous, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, there's something greater that's coming to help you in your daily, daily life. So if I were to say to you, hey, uh, I, I met somebody this week and I think you'd like to meet them. So what are some of the things that I would ask? I might simply say, well, who is he? What is he like? What does he do? That's exactly what I want to do today with the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to the very basic foundation, and I want to answer those questions. Who is he? What is he like? And what does he do? So here they are, if you're taking notes. Number one, who is he? He's my God. He's my God. We know God the Father, right? Everybody know? God the Son, right? You come from a church where you probably heard a lot about that, even heard about the Trinity. But when it came to God the Spirit, sometimes it was like the sort of the weird uncle that you never really talked about, but you knew that he was in your family. So I think simply because a lot of people saw abuses, they've seen things that happen, that it's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm cool with God the Father, and I'm cool with God the Son, but you know, when you start talking about this, God the Spirit, I, I'm, I'm just really not sure. But now wait, wait, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is the Trinity of God, right? He's three in one. He's not, he, it's not like you can only take one part or two parts. He, he's, we got to take all of him. I mean, the Trinity's all through the Scripture, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Look, at here's just a, a sampling of those. John 14 and 16, again, in this passage where Jesus says, I'm getting ready to go away 12, 14 hours before he's crucified, and he says to them, and I, Jesus, will ask the Father, Father God, and that he'll give you another helper. He'll send the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you just for a few days. 
just while you're good. How, how long? Wow. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a long time. That's pretty final, isn't it? Forever. And then 14 and 26, he said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, there's Jesus, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. People say, well, I have such a time memorizing scripture. I have such a time memorizing things. Well, Jesus said, hey, I've got that covered. I'm going to send Holy Spirit, and he has the ability when you're in a crisis mode and you forget things, he's able to bring things to your remembrance. How many times has that happened to you? When somebody asks you a question, you don't really remember the answer yourself. You don't even remember hearing about it. And then all of a sudden, something rises up in you and you say, oh, well, here's the answer to that. And you say, whoa, I'm pretty smart. No. You're humbled because you know that that wasn't something that you knew on your own, but it was something that he, the Holy Spirit, this gift that the Lord said, I'm going to send you that's going to be to your advantage. He says in Luke 3 and 22, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and the voice came from heaven which said, you're my beloved son, I am well pleased. Again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then when Jesus was giving us directions for ministry, he said in Matthew 28 and 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, read it with me, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of you come from background churches, and probably many people had good hearts. But they would say things to you that sort of in your mind, they would say things like this. Well, I've heard about the Father's house. I've heard that they talk about the Holy Spirit a lot there. So you just need to really be careful at the Father's house because they talk about the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. You know what they're simply saying? They talk a lot about God. I'm not ashamed that I love to talk about Jesus, that I love to talk about the Father, and that I love to talk about the Holy Spirit. Because he is my God. Second of all, here's the next thing. He's my friend, and he's not weird. <laughs> I know you've heard, well, it's just weird things I've heard about the Holy Spirit. And people, you know, I, I met a person once, and, and they talked about the Holy Spirit a lot, and they were just weird. Guess what? They probably would be weird even if they didn't have the Holy Spirit. I said to you last week, it's a proven fact, that one out of three people are weird. So if you look to your right and you look to your left and nobody is weird, guess what? That's statistics, all right? He's my friend. Don't talk bad about my friend. Don't be afraid of my friend. You know, I got some friends that are, that are pretty dynamic, pretty strong, you know. I mean, uh, a, a, a lot of people and say, you know what, well, I'm, just, I'm just afraid to be around them. They just look like, like a bruiser. Not, not the, my friend. You shouldn't be afraid of my friend. Why would you be afraid of my friend? Here's what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God. Boy, don't you love that? And then look at the next phrase. Read it with me. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be all of you. The intimate 
friendship. You know, a lot of people, uh, they don't have friends. But aren't you thankful that you've got some friends? And intimate friends, probably you could count them on your hands, right? Probably most of us, you could count your intimate friends on one hand. And you know what? You need to be thankful to God that you have friends. You know what intimate friends are like? Intimate friends are people who call you and simply say, hey, I was just thinking about you, and I just wanted you to know that God loves you. Hey, I was just thinking today as I was praying, and you came to my mind, and I prayed for you. Intimate friends are those that will see, uh, see you on Facebook or whatever, and they'll look and say, man, you look good. Are you losing weight? You know, and you, we say, well, I'm trying. Isn't that a, w- a weird phrase? Are you losing weight? Wait, either yes or no. But what do we say? Well, I'm trying. <laughs> but the friend will say, but you look so good. Oh, do I look good? Then maybe I'll stop at Donut King on the way home and forget about this, right? <laughs> Intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. A friend. A friend. Here's what Jesus said in John 14 and 16. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you'll always have someone with you. So if you're here today and you feel like you don't have any friends and you feel like that you're all alone, it's your lucky day because Jesus wants you to know he sent you a friend that will never turn their back on you no matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you come short, no matter how many times you say the wrong thing, no matter how many times you're in and out. He says, I'm going to send you a friend that will be with you always. And if you love that friend today, would you say thank you, Jesus, for sending that friend? Now, he said it's to your advantage. The Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to guide you. Now, we know Satan tries to make us afraid. Why? Because he puts all the focus on one gift. And he says, well, there's this evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't like the word evidence as much as I benefit. There are a lot of benefits that come to us from the Holy Spirit. So number one, he's my God. Number two, he's my friend and he's not weird. Number three, and I need this one, he's my helper my helper. Uh, You ever had a helper? You know, uh, Anita likes to put things together. I don't. I like to buy them put together. All of my life, we repaired things. We was repairing motors. We were repairing everything. I said, if I get old enough, I'm not repairing. I'm not going to fix. We'll just buy something new. If we can't buy it, we don't need it. But she says, oh, I just love to put things together. And then she says, but I need you to be my helper. And I'm a good helper. But I'm so, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is my helper. Because I can't live this life by myself. I can't pastor this church the way I need to by myself. I need some help. We got a great staff, don't we? Don't you love our staff? Just give them a hand clap. Man, we love our staff. But we, even as a staff, we need the helper. He says, I'll pray, I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he might abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. He said, I'm going to send you a helper. The word there is parakletos. The word helper means comforter. 
counselor, friend, advocate. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter. Anybody, anybody need a comforter in your life? You ever been going through things in life, uh, you know, and uh, some of you have a comforter in your house. You have a comforter on your bed. And what happens is that if it's a really nice comforter and it's brand new and you get ready to go to bed that night, your wife has folded it up and put it in a corner somewhere. Where's that new comforter? Well, we don't use the comforter. We just put it on the bed, right? It's like those towels in the guest room where they say, don't use those towels. Excuse me? What are you supposed to use a comforter for? Use it, right? Not just look at it. And that's what happens. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. Not just that we would look at or not that just we would just talk at. But when I walk out of this building today, no matter what I face, he will be beside me and said, I'll help you. I'll comfort you in this. I'll give you wisdom. I'll be your counselor. I'll be your friend. And then I'll be your advocate. When the devil gets on your case and talks about what a loser you are, I'll stand up and say, oh, no, Father God, he is my redeemed. He stands with me. You see, when God sees me and you today, he sees us through Jesus Christ, our advocate. And Jesus said, I'll send you this parakletos. Para means alongside. Kaleto means to call. Someone called alongside of you. It's the picture of, of when you... Maybe you come up against a mountain and, and you say, or just, just let's use it, something like a big log is in the way. And you know you can't move that log by yourself. And you get over and you think, well, I'll lift up this side and move it and then I'll go to the other side and lift it up. But the picture is here. You get down, you lift up that log and the Holy Spirit, the parakletos, comes alongside of you. And he says, let me lift the other side. I don't care what you're facing today. I don't care what disappointment, what frustration, what sickness that you're facing. Jesus said, you don't have to face it alone, but I'm going to send the parakletos to come alongside of you and help you carry that, whether that's sickness, whether that's disappointment, whether that's financial struggle. He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'm going to send another helper. And so he says, the, the word is alos, one beside me in addition to me, just like me. So Jesus says, look, it's not that I'm going away. I'm going to be with you, but I'm going to be with you as a helper. I love this, John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. You see, it's better, Jesus said, it's better that the Holy Spirit would be with you because right now I can only be with, one, with you in one geographical point at a time. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be in the heart of a believer. He's going to be there, and he will be with you wherever you are. He's my helper, and I need his help. How about you? Because, see, sometimes living this Christian life, I need help to live this Christian life. Scripture says in John 16, 8 and 9, but when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he'll do three things. Underline these words. He'll convict the world of sin, then underline, oh, it's not in your notes, I'm sorry, and of righteousness and of judgment. So he will convict of sin, convict of righteousness, and convict of judgment. Let's, let's change that a word around, the same word. Convict also means convince. So he says when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convince you of sin. It's not that he's going to come alongside, you're a dirty, lousy, no good person. 
But he comes alongside and he wants, the Holy Spirit wants to convince us the life you're living in sin is not satisfying you. It's not leading you anywhere worthwhile. It brings guilt, shame, and condemnation. You see, that's what it is. The Holy Spirit is convincing us that, that sin is not the road we want to be on, but he's also convicting us of righteousness. And, and it's not like the Holy Spirit comes along and says, Eddie, you've done three things wrong last week. Let me tell you what they are. Because you're not living right. You say you're a believer, and you're not living right, Eddie. You did these three things wrong. No, that's not what this, mean, what this means. He's come to convince us of righteousness. That word righteousness means right standing. He's come to convince me, not that I'm a horrible person, but when I'm down on myself and feel like I failed God, wrong thoughts, wrong attitudes, then he, the Holy Spirit, comes along and says, hey, if you believed on Jesus, you're in right standing. Let's keep that right standing right. And then of judgment, it's not like, if you don't do better, you're going to go to hell. And you're going to get a whipping before you go to hell. No. He has come to convince the world of sin of righteousness. And that the devil has already been judged. That he has already been judged. That Jesus took away his power. He says, I want you to know the Holy Spirit is your helper. And number four, he is my creativity. He is creative life. Have you ever thought about this? Genesis 1, 1 and 2 from the message. First this, God created the heavens and the earth. All you see and all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, brooded, or another translation said, hovered like a bird over the watery abyss. God the Father looked at the nothingness, and he speaks the word, God the Son. And the Holy Spirit is the creative force that begins bringing that all in, whatever God said. Wow. Have you thought about that? He is your creativity. Maybe you're a songwriter, and you say, oh, all the best songs have been written. Nobody can write another song like Tomorrow or whatever it is or write some of the others. What are you saying? No, the Holy Spirit comes over your heart as a songwriter and he begins to hover and he begins to bring creativity in your life. Maybe it's starting a new business. Maybe you feel in your heart, I'm supposed to start a new business, but I don't know how I can start that business. It doesn't make sense. I don't know where to look. I don't know how to do that. And the Holy Spirit the God of creativity comes and he hovers over you and says, let me give you some directions of how to do that. Or maybe it's a book that you're supposed to write. I, I, I love this. Look at this verse. This is great. You'll love this. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 from the Passion. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine, these are many things God has in store for all of his lovers. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart, deepest mysteries to the Holy Spirit, who constantly, listen to this, explores all things. So I'm praying. 
I'm praying that you will allow the Holy Spirit to hover over your marriage, to hover over your finances, to hover over that dream that you have, to hover over that thought. What is that dream? Man, I just feel that strongly, that some of you years ago, God has given you a dream for something. It's beyond you. You don't even know how you can make it happen. It just doesn't even make any sense. And he said to tell you today, you got to allow that Holy Spirit to brood over you, to brood over you. So who is he? He's my God. He's my friend. He's my helper he's my creativity and what is he like I'm glad you asked that I brought one of my favorite books today for us to read together it's called the Holy Ghost is like a blanket so it answers the question what is he like and so maybe this will help us today as we look on this who is the Holy Ghost what is he like well he's a member of the Godhead oh what else? The Holy Ghost is like a dove. A dove is gentle and rest in peaceful places. The still small voice of the Holy Ghost is gentle and quiet. The Holy Spirit will descend slowly while you're in reverent peace. He's like a dove. Well, what else? Well, the Holy Ghost is like a wind. You can feel and hear the wind's power, but like the Holy Ghost, you cannot see the wind as it whispers and whistles but you can feel the Holy Ghost in your heart as he warns you of danger and helps you to choose what is right. He's like a wind. What else? Glad you ask. The Holy Ghost is like glasses. When someone cannot see well, things are fuzzy and confusing, like a pair of glasses. The Holy Ghost helps you see things clearly so you can make good choices. He's like glasses. There's a whole bunch of things in here, but let me jump to this. The Holy Ghost is like a hug. Oh, I love this one. The Holy Ghost is friendly, kind, lovingly. The Holy Ghost can be your friend as you are kind to others. A warm friendship of the Holy Ghost makes you happy. He's like a hug. What else? The Holy Ghost is like a train. Whoop, whoop, right? A train carries things and travels great distances. The Holy Ghost is a vehicle of revelation. He carries messages to you from the Heavenly Father. He brings good people into your life. He travels with you. He's like a train. What else? Oh, wow. Well, he's like an umbrella. The umbrella shields you from the storm like the umbrella of the Holy Spirit gives you courage and confidence to move forward. By obedience to the Holy Spirit's promptings, you'll be safe and secure. He's like an umbrella. What else? Well, the Holy Ghost is like a blanket. He's a special gift from the Heavenly Father to comfort you. The Holy Ghost wraps you in a warm, comforting feeling when you're sad or when you're in need of a friend. The Holy Ghost is like a blanket of comfort for me, the end. Amen. Isn't that right? Whoa. Amen. Let's take up the offering and let's go home. It's all said. What is he like? In your notes there, I've got these like fire, water, wind, oil, and dove. I'm not going to take a long time to look at those. But first of all, he's like fire. He said, I'll send the Holy Spirit and fire. Like gold. How do they purify gold? They heat it up, right? And the dross goes to the top, and the real gold goes to the bottom. So what do they do? They come along, scoop off the impurities so the gold can be 100% gold. That's what the Holy Spirit does with fire. Not, not to burn us up, 
but he comes along. And how many times have you, have you maybe been singing or praying and then just really a, a bad thought and, and a thought that you wouldn't want comes to your mind? That ever happened to anybody besides me? And you think, well, where did that come from? I shouldn't be thinking things like that. You see, we want to conceal things that are in our life. But the Holy Spirit comes to reveal those things. And he brings it up. We say, what is that? Holy Spirit says, that's an impurity. And so what do we do? Through confession and prayer, we scoop that out so that we can be more like God. Second of all, he's like water. I don't know how you guys do with plants. Not everybody has a green thumb like Brenda. I kill plants. Anita kills plants. I had another one bite the dust this week. I went and looked, and it's a little plant I had sitting there on a little TV stand. And it's dead. Gave up the ghost. I put it in front of the window. I said, live. You can live. I don't want to be a failure. Live. And I looked yesterday, and still dead. So in the trash can, there goes another one. Water germinates seed and causes it to live, right? How many times have you been reading a scripture in the Bible? It's one maybe you've read over a bunch of times. Then all of a sudden, it just jumps off the page and you say, Oh, I never saw it like that before. I never saw that. What's happened? The Holy Spirit is like water that has put water on a seed that was there in the Word and germinated that and brought it to life. The Holy Spirit is like a wind. You can't see the wind, but it moves ships. It moves windmills. We can see the effect of wind. He's like a dove. The interesting thing about he's like a dove is that a dove is an emblem of peace, gentle, not force. The Holy Spirit has power and force. But Jesus said he's like a dove. What does that mean? That means that you shouldn't fear that he's going to change you into something that you're not. For instance, if you're an introvert, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and woo woo changes you into Vance Roberts. <laughs> Extreme extrovert, right? Vance walks into a room and the room joins Vance. You've met people like that. And you say, oh, if I, I get the Holy Spirit in my life, then I, I won't be. No, he takes you as you are. And he uses I, your temperament, your personality to magnify the benefits and the gifts that he sent to you. Wow, that's what he's like. So what should we do? I did all of that to say in the next five minutes, the one point. Here's my point today. I have a one-point sermon, right? Here it is, one point. You ready? You ready to write this down? This is big. This is big. All of that for one point. Are you, are you ready? Here it is. What should we do? Get in over your head. Get in over your head. I want you to look with me to Ezekiel chapter 47, to a rather long passage. And if you can't find it quickly in your Bible, it'll be on the screen. And it's an example of what God wants us to do in our spiritual life. Get in over your head. You see, here's what happens a lot of times when we start talking as I've gone through this, talking about the Holy Spirit. We start battling in our head. 
well, I wonder what that really means. How is that? What's that going to do? How we all do that? But you see, what I found a long time ago, there's some times that you just have to jump in over your head. My, my wife is a great teacher. She loves to teach. And all of our grandkids, I think almost all of them, she's taught to swim. And guess what? She's never taught them to swim by y'all just sit right over here on the, on the steps and, and I'll play some YouTube videos and I'll talk to you about swimming. I'll tell you how swimming is and all of that. But you know what? How many of you, let's just be honest, how many of you learned, how many of you were from places where they persecuted you, right? How many of you, the way that you learned to swim, somebody picked you up and threw you in water that's over your head? Look at this. Won't you have mercy for all of us? That's, that's how we taught. But guess what? You learn pretty quick to sink or swim, right? You learn that pretty quick. I can teach you about the Holy Spirit. We can read about Holy Spirit. But when it comes, when it comes to actually living, we have to be willing to jump in and get in over our head, get over our thinking, get over our area of control. In other words, I'm welcome. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in my life. As long as you don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. So what are we saying? I'm open to whatever God wants as long as I can control it. Look at this story. This is a prophecy about the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Now he brought me back to the entrance of the temple. I saw water pouring out from underneath the temple. This is not the same river in Revelation. This is one that starts at the, at the altar. The water poured from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. Then he took me through the north gate and he led me around the outside of the gate complex. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet, leading me through the water that was how deep? Ankle deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was how deep? Knee deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was how deep? Waist deep. And then he measured off another 1,500 feet. But now it was a river over my head, water to swim in water that no one could possibly walk through in other words no I, I can't i can't i can't control what the spirit is going to do now we know that with the gifts of the spirit whatever gift that god gives is is up to us to yield to that so what he's saying here are you willing to yield and to get in over your head then he took me back to the riverbank while sitting on the bank. I notice now that there's a lot of trees on both sides of the river. Previously, they weren't there. But now that I've got in over my head, there are trees that are there. And the water's flowing and descends into the sea and the stagnant waters. Wherever the river flows, will life will flourish. Where the river flows, life abounds. The sea will teem with fish of all kinds, like the fish of the great Mediterranean. He said, he brought me back. He took me out. He got me into beyond the water that was ankle deep and knee deep and waist deep. He got me into the place that I was flowing in the spirit that was over my head. Then he took me back to the very beginning where I started from, from off the altar. And he said, now look. And I looked around and there were trees. And in the stream there were fish. There was a lot of things. He said there was a level of maturity. There was a level of blessings after I got out of ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. 
and I got into water that's over my head. You're saying, I want to be used of the Holy Spirit. I want the power in my life. Then here's what I'm encouraging us. Let's get in over our heads and over our heads with our marriage, with our life, and here even with the church. And the result is great things that God is going to do in our life. There's some of you right now that you say, you know what, I really recognize that I need more of the Spirit of God. Some of you say, you know, Terry, I've got a decision I need to make this week. It's a business decision or a family decision or a financial decision. And I don't know what to do. Well, I want to tell you that he's a counselor and he's a guide. Some of you say, you know, I've got people in my life that don't know Christ and people that I rub shoulders with and they go to church, but they really have never surrendered their life to Jesus. And I got to be honest, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't even know how to approach that. And the Holy Spirit comes and he says, let me tell you what to say. Let me tell you what not to say. Some of you have resisted the Holy Spirit for a long time. And to be honest today, you're here in church and you don't even sense the Spirit's leading. Maybe your prayer today should be, Holy Spirit, forgive me. Fill me afresh. I want to follow your voice. Maybe some of you say, you know what? I really recognize I've been trying really hard. I've been trying to be a Christian. I've been trying to do what's right. I've been trying to do all those things. But it dawns on me today that I've been trying too much. I need to spend some more time and allow the Holy Spirit to begin directing and guiding me. If you're here today and you'd say, I need a fresh filling of His Spirit, would you bow your heads and let me lead you in a prayer? Would you pray this prayer with me today? Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would completely fill my life. I want to be sensitive to His voice and direction. Guide me, convince me, comfort me. Help me, Lord, to obey you and to listen for your voice. As you continue to just talk to the Lord, I want to I talk to some others that are here today. As your head is bowed, your eye closed. Maybe today the Holy Spirit has just revealed to you a sin that's in your life. Maybe a pattern. Not even a sin that I've talked about today. But the Holy Spirit is directing you and guiding you and pulling you like a, like a, like a magnet to, towards God. And you say, you know what? There's just, there's just no way. I, I can never live this Christian life. I, I'm so far away from God, I, I don't understand. I can't do this. But listen, if the Holy Spirit is drawing you today, the Spirit of God will give you the strength to do whatever He asks you to do. The Holy Spirit is drawing you because God loves you and He wants to reveal Himself to you. And just as He's drawing you, there's going to be another voice from the evil one that says, oh no, that's stupid, that's not you, don't believe that, it'll never work in your life. But it's the Holy Spirit drawing you to God. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and my sins. Three days later, 
he was resurrected to life. And the scripture said, anyone that calls upon his name will be saved. Think about that. You call upon him today and all of your sins are forgiven. Everything is brand new. But today, if that's you, say, yes, Jesus, save me. Or you can say, no, Jesus, I reject you. But I pray that you'll make the right decision today. Yes, Jesus, make me new. Help me to be born spiritually. Fill me with your spirit so I can please you. It's your decision. It's your decision. He's drawing you. What a day to say yes for the rest of my life. Jesus, I want to be yours. I want to rededicate my life to you. I want to come back to where I used to be with you. If that's you today, while heads are bowed and people are praying for each other and for you, if you'd like to, me to pray for you today to include you in a prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you or feel you, make you feel bad. But if that's you, would you just simply raise your hand and make eye contact with me? And by raising your hand and making eye contact, you're saying, I need that prayer today. Thank you there in the back. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you here. Thank you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Others today, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look at me for just a moment. How many of you remember the time when you sat in a service like this or you were somewhere and you made that decision to invite Jesus to come into your life? Would you raise your hand? Was that not like the greatest decision that you ever made? Now, there are people sitting all through this house today that have raised their hands. Now, that's just not just something that we're going to do. It's something we're going to live. So I want to lead you in a prayer. And when I pray with you today and lead you in this prayer, you, I can give you the words, but you surrender your heart. And when you surrender your heart, you're going to sense that load lifted. And you're going to sense a desire that you want to be who God wants you to be. Not who the church wants you to be. Not who religion wants you to be. But who he wants you to be. Think about that. He loves you so much that he put his finger on your heart and said, today's the day. Pray this prayer with me. Let's pray it together. Father God, thank you today for sending your son, Jesus. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Jesus, forgive me. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit so that I can live for you. Thank you for new life. I surrender me. And as best as I know how, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.